Each day we'll choose whether we'll find joy or be miserable. Hello, I'm Phil Sanders, and this is a Bible study in search of the Lord's way. Today we're exploring the attitudes that can draw us closer to God. Stay tuned. In all the hurry and hustle and confusion of modern living, the Lord has the way. We believe that the Bible is the revelation of His way. We invite you to join us in Search of the Lord's Way with Phil Sanders. Welcome to In Search of the Lord's Way. We're here to search the Scripture for God's will. Nothing you'll ever read is more important to your heart and soul than the Scriptures. No promises are greater, no morals are higher, and no teaching is better. Let God's Word shape your heart and your life. You won't regret it. Thanks for taking time with us today. We'd love to hear from you, and we want to be a part of your life each week. Proverbs 4.23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. The heart is where we think, we feel, and we decide. When people let their selfish passions rule their hearts, they find much misery. But when they let God guide their hearts, they find life and peace. We're all in a battle over our hearts, and our hearts are choosing good or evil. The Lord said in Jeremiah 17, 9-10, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And then God says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. What will the Lord find in your heart? Romans 6, 16 to 18 says, Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, that your slaves are the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death, or of obedience resulting in righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Now, to whom have you given your heart? What is your attitude about God, about Jesus Christ, or about Scripture? Are you willing to hear what God says? Now, this is an important study on our attitudes, and we offer it free. If you'd like a printed copy and live in the United States, mail your request to In Search of the Lord's Way, Post Office Box 371, Edmond, Oklahoma, 73083, or send an email to searchtv at searchtv.org, or you can call our toll-free telephone number. That number is 1-800-321-8633. We also have materials free on our website at searchtv.org and on YouTube. Larry Owsley will now lead us as we worship in song. We'll read from Isaiah 1, 18 to 20, and we'll explore how our attitudes matter.
reading today comes from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. Now the prophet Jeremiah spoke from the Lord, and his words are the words of the Lord. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. If you will consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Truly, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that you have given us your word to help us to understand the important things of life. Father, help us to keep our hearts right and our attitudes good and to love you and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Some attitudes lead to misery and troubles, while other attitudes lead to peace and joy. And we want to follow the things that make for joy, love, and peace. We want to please the Lord, so we need to choose those attitudes and ways of thinking that glorify Him and bring us closer to Him. We know God's ways are always the right ways to think and to live. They honor God and bless everyone. When we rebel against God and choose the selfish and hurtful ways, we dishonor God and bring shame upon ourselves. But when we humbly listen to God, we find abundant blessings. God places great value on good attitudes, and those attitudes are worth pursuing. Let's consider them. First, we need a teachable spirit. Proverbs 1 and verse 5 says that a wise man will hear and increase in learning. A man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. Some seek for wisdom from God, while others choose to please themselves. Proverbs 2, 6-8 says, 
For the Lord gives wisdom from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright, and He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and He preserves the way of His godly ones. When we close our ears and hearts to God, we actually rob ourselves of many blessings. You remember Proverbs 3, 1-2 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life, and peace they will add to you. Second, we need respect for God. God created us and has provided for us since the day that we came into this world. God sent His Son Jesus into the world to die for our sins. Should we not respect Him? Proverbs 1 verse 7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear that is mentioned here is really a, a healthy respect for God Himself and for what He says in Scripture. Proverbs 15 verses 31 to 33 says that he whose ear listens to the life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise, and he who neglects discipline despises himself. But he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. The fear of the Lord, that is the respect for the Lord, is the instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes humility. The Lord said in Jeremiah 5 and verse 22, Do you not fear me, declares the Lord? Do you not tremble in my presence? For I have placed the sand as the boundary for the sea, an eternal decree, so it cannot cross over it. Though the waves toss, yet they cannot prevail. Though they roar, yet they cannot cross over it. Yes, there are floods and tsunamis, but the water cannot remain there. It must return to the sea. And in the same way, sin cannot prevail. God will judge sin because it contradicts and offends His nature and opposes His purposes. Romans 6.23 reminds us that the wages of sin is death. And so we should respect God's boundaries and live for His purposes. 1 Peter 3.10-12 says that whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now how we view God matters to our lives and to our souls. If we have no respect to God's ways, we risk God turning away from us. Third, we need to trust God. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. Now if we lean on our own understanding, we may walk a path of destruction. We must let God show us the way. Proverbs 16, 1-3 says that the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. God will show us His way, and we need to trust Him. Jeremiah 17, 7-8 says, 
Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. God knows your heart and He knows whether you trust Him. Fourth, we need to hope in God. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Oh, we can't count on our own strength alone. We must have our hope in God. Fifth, we need to practice humility before God. The Lord God said in Isaiah 66 too, For my hand made all these things, thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit, and who trembles at my word. The Lord Jesus said to his apostles, who were wanting a high position in the kingdom, uh, and he says this in Matthew 20, 25 to 28. He says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slaves." even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. True Christianity is always selfless. It dies to self that it may live for God. Paul wrote in Galatians 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. True Christianity sees there is something bigger than one's own desires and pride. It willingly sacrifices its, its own for the sake of others. Sixth, we need to submit ourselves to God. Matthew reveals a little of deep sorrow that's in the Lord Jesus when He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Matthew 26, 38-39 says, When He said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as thou wilt. Though Jesus knew all the things that he would suffer at the trials and on the cross, he was willing to submit to the Father's will and not demand His own way. When people don't like what God says or don't understand what God says, they tend to bristle up at God and turn away from Him. You remember James 4 and verse 7 says, Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. 
Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Humbly obeying the Lord follows the steps of Jesus, who willingly sacrificed Himself on the cross. Seventh, we need hearts that are thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Christians are thankful for all things, whether they're good or challenging. And even our troubles can be a blessing. You remember James and his words in James 1, 2-4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. When God is your Father, even your struggles can lead to a better life. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Be anxious for nothing, that is, stop worrying about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Some people are humbly grateful, <laughs> while others are grumbly hateful. Give thanks always. And we need reminding sometimes of God's blessings. 1 Corinthians 3, 21-23 says, So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ and Christ is God's. In Christ we have an abundant life with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And so be thankful. Eighth, we need to focus on what is true and good. What you focus your heart upon determines whether you see good or bad. Some are forever miserable because they focus on the rotten and the evil, complaining and criticizing others. Philippians 4 verses 8 and 9 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence or anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Now if you dwell on the good, you'll be blessed with the peace of God. If you dwell on the rotten and the evil, you'll be drawn to it. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Don't be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And what you're feeding your heart and your soul will make a difference. And so, ninth, we need to seek peace. Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Matthew 5, verse 9. My friend Hugh Fulford recently observed that some folks are peacemakers and others are peacemakers. That is, they break in pieces and make a wreck of everything they touch and every relationship of which they are a part in the home and in the workplace and even in the church. And he says, Unfortunately, we've all known such people. Romans 12, verses 18 to 21 says that if it's possible so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. 
For by so doing, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And then tenth, we need to be people of prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. That is, we should keep praying and not quit on God. Not stop praying altogether. James 5.13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. You see, God wants to hear from you about every trouble that's in your life. You see, prayer is how we come close to God and how we share our hearts with God. Prayer is what blesses God because we feed our hearts to Him and blesses us because we've come into contact with Him and are reminded of His great and wonderful power and love for us. I tell you, we're losers in life when we fail to pray. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 26, 41, Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. My friend, do you pray? Have you drawn close to God? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful that we can come close to You, that we can call upon You and that You hear our prayers. Father, help us to be humble, to be loving, to be servants, to care about You and to care about others in need. And Father, may Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Your attitudes matter because your attitudes determine your choices. If you ignore God or see God in a negative light, you'll never respect Him. But if you see God's love, wisdom, and kindness, you'll gladly and lovingly serve Him. 2 Chronicles 6 and verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that He may strongly support those whose heart is completely His. And you must ask yourself whether your heart is with God or against Him. 
God has always loved you and He desires your love. Moses said in Deuteronomy 10, 12 to 13, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, and to love Him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and His statutes, which I am commanding you today. And He was doing that for your good. Now, even today, every law of God is given to us for our good. When we obey God, we show Him our love, but we also find devotion to God blesses our lives. Now, to become a Christian, place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn from sin and repentance and please the Lord and live in His ways. Confess Jesus as the Son of God and be baptized. Be baptized into Christ. Be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Now, baptism into Christ is a burial and a resurrection with Christ that takes place by an immersion in water. Now, baptism is an immersion. That's what the word means. And baptism into Christ is a baptism into His death, Romans 6 and verse 3. Now, we're crucified with Him whenever we're baptized so that we can be set free from sin, Romans chapter 6, verses 6 to 7. Now, baptism is a death to the old man of sin, but it's also a new birth, a beginning of a new life in Christ. We hope that our study about how attitudes matter has stirred you to look at your thinking. And if you live in the United States and want a free printed copy of this message, mail your request to In Search of the Lord's Way, Post Office Box 371, Edmond, Oklahoma 73083. Or send an email to searchtv at searchtv.org. Or you can call the search office toll-free at 1-800-321-8633. There's also a schedule of our program and a map with a location of churches that are in your area at searchtv.org. And you can watch Search anytime on YouTube. Now subscribe to our channel, Search TV Ministry, and be sure to like the programs that you watch. This helps spread the program. We also offer free Bible correspondence courses. And don't worry, we're not asking for money. We're here to help you draw close to God. So focus your heart on God by worshiping at church. And as always, we say to you, God bless you. And we love you from all of us at In Search of the Lord's Way.